0: Welcome to episode four of the Anti-Reactive Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Hoppy, parent educator and counselor, mom of two, and lover of all things related to parenting. We are starting out today with our Anti-Reactive Parenting High Five. Today, I am sharing a story about a fellow mom I've gotten to know through our kids' music lessons. Our kids take lessons at the same time. And while we were waiting for them, we've gotten to know each other as we chat during those weekly 30-minute periods between shuttling kids around, between school, activities, and home. As we've gotten to know each other, I've discovered this mom is clearly an anti-reactive parent. Last week at lessons, her daughter had brought some toys with her to play with while she had to wait for her lessons to start, and she ended up losing one in the waiting space. Her daughter got quite upset. And it would have been easy for the mom to stop what she was doing, quickly find the toy, and move on. Because, as we all know, for some mysterious reason, moms always seem to be able to quickly find the things no one else can see. But instead, she took advantage of this moment to teach her daughter something, instead of just appeasing her. She told her daughter she was talking and wouldn't look for the toy at that moment, but also gave her daughter a couple of strategies for how to look for her toy and encouraged her to go try it on her own. Her daughter didn't really love this, but a mom, her mom did a great job of establishing some boundaries around the situation by telling her daughter, she wasn't going to instantly stop what she was doing to help her. Instead, she gave her ideas of how to find her toy. She was instantly conveying multiple values in life skills. I'm talking patience, respect, responsibility, and perseverance. This was some great long-term parenting If she would have found the toy for her daughter right away, the whining would have stopped and the problem would have been solved in about 30 seconds, but that would have been survival for the moment. Instead, she used this opportunity to teach her daughter life skills for becoming a future adult. This was a very simple situation, but it was handled beautifully. Anti-reactive parenting doesn't consist of grand productions or great planning. It happens in the everyday little challenges and moments over time These small anti-reactive investments pay off huge dividends down the road. So high five to you, parent at piano lessons and your anti-reactive response to a lost toy. If you have a story of an awesome anti-reactive parenting moment, please submit it to be featured on the anti-reactive parenting high five segment on our website, anti-reactive.com. Share some accolades and inspire our anti-reactive community. All right, time to move into today's topic. Last episode, we talked about providing choices within limits and creating boundaries. These boundaries are like fences we set up where our children are free to roam and do what they like inside the fence, but anything outside of the fence is not an option. This week, we are diving a little deeper in how to uphold the integrity of the fence and help our children learn from the choices they make, both the good ones and the bad ones. And an effective way to teach and reinforce these lessons is through natural consequences. Now, before I get too deep into natural consequences, I want you to think back to when you were a kid and you messed up, whether it was because you were young and learning and didn't really know better, or you intentionally set out to go do something even though you knew it was wrong. How did your parents react when that happened? Were they the kind to give you a good talking to, but really not go any further than that? Were they the kind to ground you and take things away? Did they get frustrated but not stop you from doing the same thing again? Did they implement real consequences? Did those consequences make sense to you as a child? As an adult now, what do you think about the punishments you received? Looking back, do you wish that your parents would have worked harder to stop you from making some bad choices Or do you feel like your parents were too hard on you and didn't give you room to make mistakes and learn from them? Do you feel like the lessons your parents tried to teach you were effective and that they really got it right, even if it felt unfair as a child? It can be hard to think back to those less than stellar moments from our childhoods. There may still be some lingering shame, which is totally normal. Shining a light on those shameful moments, however, can take away some of that buried hurt and turn it into a real learning experience for how you want to implement discipline now that you are the parent. Since the beginning of time, parents have been challenged by ways to discipline their children. Even the word discipline conjures a wide variety of connotations. When you hear the word discipline, you may associate it with words such as strict, punishment, control, or words like focus, standards, or parameters. When I'm referring to the word discipline for the purposes of this podcast and our discussions together, I am talking about the process of guiding, shaping, teaching, and molding our children by setting guidelines and using effective methods to teach children when they have gone outside of the firmly established boundaries. So let's talk about some of the ways parents have disciplined their children. It was only a relatively short time ago in human history that a primary method of discipline was corporal punishment. Parents had switches, teachers had rulers, and honestly, spanking is still a method used by many today. Other methods include things like taking things away, including treasured items or privileges, timeouts, forced apologies, early bedtimes, increased chores, or forcing squabbling siblings to get along by fitting into an oversized t-shirt together. I mean, there are as many ways parents have work to teach their children to own up to their actions as there are ways children have come up with ways to get themselves into trouble. I mean, some are creative, comical, or even downright appalling. So how do we know what works and what doesn't? How do we discern between discipline that may be super effective at controlling a behavior in the moment but comes with counterproductive actions in the long run and between a form of discipline that not only curbs poor behavior but also instills important values and lessons that will shape your child into an independently functioning future adult or a total lack of accountability altogether. Regardless of what discipline may look like, the most effective way for anyone to learn from their missteps, mistakes, and plain old bad choices is through natural consequences. And what do I mean by natural consequences? Natural consequences are what happen as a direct effect from a catalyst, without any intervention. Okay, nature, society, physics, any of these things take over as a result of our actions. If I am late leaving my house for work, the natural consequence is that I will be late showing up for work and miss my first meeting of the day. If I do this too many times, another natural consequence is that I may lose my job. It can be very, very difficult to watch your child endure natural consequences, but they are extremely critical and the most effective to their learning of how the world works. You forget your jacket at home, you're going to be cold at the park. You stay up late reading under the covers with a flashlight, you're going to be tired at school and you won't do as well on your spelling test. You spend all of your time in the morning playing and being silly with your sister You're not going to have time to finish your breakfast, and you'll be hungry before lunch. Now, by no means am I saying don't intervene. What I am saying is build your fence and tell your child where the fence is. As he or she is learning, they need your guidance. But after you've firmly established where the fence is, your child gets to make the choice about what to do with the wisdom you've imparted. And if the lessons just aren't sticking, it's time for natural consequences to kick in. So what do natural consequences look like? They are the things that would logically happen as a result of a behavior, and they only happen when you let your child fail, and this is hard. I'll give you some examples from my own family. My children wear uniforms at their school, and depending on the day, they have different uniforms they need to wear. I wash their clothes every weekend, and they collect the clothes from their hampers bring them down to the laundry room. This happens every week like clockwork. I know it, they know it, everyone knows it. Part of this process has been teaching them responsibility for their things, as well as taking responsibility for their own lives, including their school-required uniforms and knowing what they are expected to wear each day. For a time, a child or two was leaving clothes in places that were not their hamper and just in general, not taking responsibility for their requirement. After many reminders, gentle cues, and then downright me getting upset, it became clear to me that they knew the expectations. I've taught them how to stay organized and keep track of their things, but now it was up to them to take it from there. So they brought me their clothes from their hamper every weekend, like always, but I stopped checking for their various uniforms. It's important to know I only did this after letting them know that I was done giving them reminders because I knew they were big enough and responsible enough to handle it. I also made it clear that their responsibility wasn't that large, as I was still doing all of the washing, drying, folding for them, and all they had to do was gather their clothes. I wanted to make sure they had adequate perspective on this arrangement, and that their role was a part of a greater function of how the family operates. I mean, nobody likes to be nagged at or reminded to do the same thing over and over. So I wanted to make sure that we had the right idea of what was actually happening and it didn't feel unfair. Anyway, early on in this process, some uniform items got missed, as expected. But with this intentional approach, I knew that we would likely run into some problems, but in the process, I would be training my little future adults' responsibility Just knowing that I was making an investment in future outcomes really helped me to keep my cool when we ran into what I would have previously considered a failure. So when a child was short on a uniform item, natural consequences kicked in and violating the school dress code was not an option. All right, so that was outside of the fence. So what do we do? Sometimes that meant they had to wear a polo shirt instead of their loose comfy PE t-shirt on a PE day or maybe a chapel dress was a little wrinkly and not so fresh. And with that came the natural social consequences of unwanted attention or questions about their attire. Now, this is very important. I'm very careful not to shame my children or allow others to shame them when we're learning from natural consequences. The point is not to evoke guilt or make them feel terrible. The point is to allow the natural, natural consequences to play out And for your child to feel the consequences, experience them, and work through them so that they can learn from them. Not learn how to avoid guilt and shame, but how to learn the why behind what you're teaching them. I'll tell you another story about natural consequences. My kids were pretty young at the time, about preschool age. My husband and I were painting over a Merlot-colored accent wall in our home with a much lighter, like, sky blue color. This was obviously going to take multiple coats, including paint and primer. And like many parents, we waited until our kids were sound asleep at night to get this kind of messy, permanent work done without interruption or little hands trying to help. So between all of the coats of paint and the time required to let them all dry, we didn't quite get the job done, and we knew we might still have some touch-ups to do the next day. It wouldn't require too much, but was best done in the natural daylight to make sure we didn't miss any spots. We always got up before the kids, and in our haughtiness of our excellent parenting skills, we wrapped up the paintbrushes in plastic wrap and left the painting supplies out for, uh, to finish up the job the next morning before we even finished our coffee. So little did we know we would be facing our own natural consequences the next morning, We were awoken by one of our children the next morning, an hour before they usually get up. Isn't that how this always works, right? To tell us that the other child had taken the paintbrushes and painted blue across another plain neutrally colored wall. That was painted before we lived in the house. We had no way of possibly knowing what color, much less if they had any existing cans of that paint still laying around the house. Uh, So we quickly got out of bed wondering how, out of all of the days, our children got up before us and even more so, why in the world one of them would ever do such an obviously terrible thing. We took a beat, looked closer at the toddler paint job, and then realized the paint covered the wall at two obviously different heights. Turns out they were both in on it. And one had the nerve to tattle on the other, even though they were both involved. I mean, angry doesn't even begin to cover it. You can imagine. But we were also quick to realize that we had taken a risk by leaving out the paint with little people in the house, and that was on us. So we accepted the consequences of the stress, the time that was going to be required to remedy this situation, and the responsibility of harnessing this teachable moment and using it wisely and intentionally. Not exactly what we wanted to deal with at 6.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning. But anyway, after a couple of cups of coffee, we gathered our wits about us and came up with an intentional plan involving natural consequences. Because here's the thing. They already knew they did something very bad. And they already felt a great deal of guilt. And they knew how mad we were over it. They got it. But that's not enough to change a child's behavior or understand the why behind what made their behavior so bad so that they don't do something like that again in the future. So what we ended up doing was we made the kids gather up their money from their piggy banks and instead of going on our fun family outing that we had planned that day we instead had to use that time to go to the home improvement store that thankfully had a pretty stellar color matching service and buy paint to repaint our neutral walls. With our coaching they told the store clerk what they needed a can of paint, color matched to what we provided, and then they took the can to the checkout, gave it to the cashier, and used their money from their piggy banks to pay for the paint and a paintbrush right there on the spot. I mean, obviously they needed a lot of help with the money aspect, but it came out of their money, and they handed it over to the cashier, carried the bag out of the store, and brought it inside after we drove home. Then they sat and watched as my husband and I painted over their mess. Now, no way was making them paint over it going to be anything less than rewarding. So the grown-ups handled that part. But they had to spend the time with us while we did the chore. We showed them how to check the paint after it dried to see if it needed another coat. And they were with us when we cleaned it up at the end. So they were a part of the entire process. It definitely would have been easier and much less stressful to just tell them, "Okay, no TV for a week and just handle the mess ourselves to make sure it was done properly. But by implementing natural consequences, our kids learned what happens when they make reckless, messy choices. Those messes, either literal or figurative, have to be cleaned up. And ultimately, it's the responsibility of the person who made the mess to clean it up. And we, as their parents, are there to help them figure out how to clean them up. And no matter how big the mess, we will always love them. We will walk alongside them to help them work through it but we will not shield them from the very real consequences of their actions. Our kids still remember this event that has now happened many years ago, and I can report that they are older, wiser, and more responsible than they were as preschoolers, thank goodness. So those of you with little, little ones, there's hope. And I can also say this event helped us establish an important precedent in our family. Our kids know that they are responsible for their actions and the consequences of those actions, both the good and the bad. We will not alleviate the power of those consequences, but they also trust us to guide them through, and we will cheer them on in their highest of highs and sit with them in their lowest of lows. Okay, so let's engage. I'd love to hear from you, listener. What are some ways you've implemented natural consequences? What are some scenarios where you've struggled to implement natural consequences? leave me a comment on my Instagram or Facebook page about your successes and your struggles in this area of natural consequences at anti-reactive podcast. You can also email me at contact at anti-reactive.com. I'm really looking forward to discussing this with all of you. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and think others would too, please leave a five-star review to help this podcast reach others and that way we can all grow together. And don't forget to add our podcast to your library or follow it so you don't miss an episode. And to all of you fathers out there, check out the anti-reactive parenting companion podcast, Life Fatherhood. This is a short-form podcast for fathers about how to deal with challenges raising your kids. Each episode will tackle one challenging situation in detail, simple ways that you can increase your excellence as a father who leads intentionally. You can find Life Fatherhood, that's L-Y-F-E, on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. You can learn more about life and the entire Anti-Reactive Parenting group on our website, anti-reactive.com. As always, parent intentionally, plan for what's to come, and be anti-reactive.